Welcome to Amplifying the Patient Journey, a series in which we speak with both providers and patients about the clinical journey with a neurologic condition and what recent advances mean for patients, their providers, and caregivers. In this episode, Greg Grunberg, actor and podcast host of Talk About It, discusses how caregivers can educate themselves and their loved ones about how best to thrive. Jake is uh, 26 now. When he was seven, we noticed that he was uh, having little uh, episodes of staring spells. He would. Uh, we noticed it when we were driving in the car. He would look out the window, and I, when your eyes track out the window, if you look at someone's pupils, they they go back and forth, back and forth. They're catching different things. That may have been a trigger for him. We don't know, but we would notice that on road trips and when we would be in the car, he would. Uh, zone out for five seconds whatever we asked his teacher his teacher at that time said yeah i have noticed that and then at his seven-year checkup we told the pediatrician who um was is a great pediatrician and just said look i'm not a neurologist but this may be a seizure he asked jake to hyperventilate he encouraged him to breathe heavy breathe heavy and whatever and it brought on uh an episode that we hadn't seen where his head bobbed a little bit and he had not a, a tonic-clonic but he had a um, an episode and so from there, uh, we started on this roller coaster of uh, the highs and lows of, uh, you know, of epilepsy. And we quickly learned a couple of things. One, that if you get that diagnosis for your child, not only do you need to see uh, a neurologist, but an epileptologist and a pediatric epileptologist to, to get to the specialist as quickly as possible is something that is really advantageous. And we had no history in our family, had no friends that um, had seizures or epilepsy. So we were kind of in the dark, <clears throat> and um, but we wanted to get a handle on this. We're, we're a family of people that, uh, you know, we, we um, luckily my wife and I feel the same way. When you're given a diagnosis or given that information, you want to do whatever you can, obviously, to, um, to deal with it. Jake, unfortunately, uh, we learned quickly, um, is sort of drug resistant. So uh, he's like, you know, it's DRE drug resistant epilepsy. So he, he, would we put him on a medication and then he, his brain would find a way around it and he would break through and then break through, break through. So over the years, he's had, you know, all kinds of seizures and we have luckily now, you know, um, and not even luckily we, we, we have a great health healthcare team and great doctors. Great. Uh, he, Jake is very aware of his situation and, and his body and he listens to his body and he's living well with it. Um, you know, I'm proud to say that he's, um, you know, it's a great job. He's, he, he exercises regularly. He's second degree black belt in Taekwondo. He teaches Taekwondo. He's, you know, it's epilepsy and seizure conditions are, um, seizure disorders are, it's kind of that invisible condition where until you see someone have a seizure, uh, you don't know they have it. So it, the other thing that we learned way back was that there's such a stigma attached and people don't talk about it. They don't want to talk about it with friends and family because it's scary to see someone have a seizure, but because you don't talk about it, there's so much stigma, misinformation, fear that can go along with it. And so I made it my mission because I've been an actor for 30 years. I, I was like, okay, I, 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 someone needs to speak up. Someone needs to get this conversation going and encourage people not to be afraid or ashamed but to talk about it, because if people around you know what to do in case you have a seizure, then you're safer. Um, and we saw that with our son. The seizure is not going to hurt you 
you know, uh, I would say I'm, I'm not a doctor, but 80% of the time, 90% of the time, it's the fall. It's the actual, you know, um, uh, traumatic experience of hitting your head or, or, uh, you know, dislocating your shoulder or whatever. And so if people know what to do, if they see you start to have a seizure, they can catch you, they can put you on your side, never stick anything in your mouth, um, uh, let you ride it out, be there for you, um, you know, and, and, and there's basic common, common sense things that I've preached over and over again. I started uh, talkaboutit.org just, you know, to, to enlist the help of all my celebrity friends to get people encouraged to talk about it and educate themselves. And, and then I started a podcast called Talk About It. And most recently, I've partnered with Jazz Pharmaceuticals on an incredible, this is, what, this is the most passionate thing that I've, uh, that I've been doing. And it's called the Caregiver Series. And I travel I've around the country yep. and I meet other caregivers. And it's a great way to get the conversation going, to talk about any condition, but especially rare epilepsies and, uh, you know, and, and, and epilepsy, the caregiver series, which people can see at, uh, the caregiver is these episodes where I'm, I'm with another dad and we, you know, we, I take these caregivers out for a day of care or a couple hours to do something that they may put off, you know, as a caregiver, you have to take care of yourself to be able to take care of others. So, um, it's a great way to, to, to learn from other caregivers, a great way to talk about a condition um, or conditions without being heavy handed because you're talking about your family and your loved ones yeah. and how much you yeah. care about them. And then you learn about the condition, you know, what, what, what are some of the, uh, surprising, uh, questions or issues that came up in speaking with these other caregivers, something that you didn't expect. I mean, you've seen a lot from your own experience, but, and with talking anything that comes to mind. Um, I'm all, I'm constantly surprised and educated on little things. The one fear that I had early on, my wife and I both, um, to talk to other people is you're never going to find somebody in the exact same situation, right? So you're going to find somebody who says, oh, my daughter has been seizure free for 20 years. And you're like, well, my son's struggling. So that doesn't relate. Or someone who is in a wheelchair and has something, you know, it's, it's a more drastic version of, uh, of what you're going through. And you're like, oh, well, that's not our situation. But don't worry about that. Do not worry about it. Because when you talk to someone, I was talking to a guy and uh, he's in his seventies. And this was at one of the walks, one of the national walks. And he said, I've heard your story. Thanks for talking, speaking out and everything. And he goes, by the way, I know your son is athletic. I'm a runner. And when I run, I don't stop right away. So like when I'm done running, I'll walk it off and a little bit longer than anybody else would to bring my heart rate down slowly. And that seems to help me when I used to sprint or run and then stop. That was a trigger for me. And I was like, wow. You know, my son's playing Little League. He's he's doing Taekwondo. He's doing all kinds of stuff. So we took that to heart. These are little things, but they can save a life. They can really change somebody. It's things like that that I've learned over the years. And also in the caregiver series, I'm learning tips from other caregivers. I'm learning about relationships. I'm learning about keeping, you know, uh, paying attention to your other kids to your wife, to your spouse, to your partner, you know, don't to yourself, don't to yourself, to yourself. Well. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. neglect those things because you need to have a clear mind. You need to take care of yourself to be able to take care of other people. 
Sounds great. Now, so in addition to the resources that you mentioned, so seeing a specialist, pediatric epileptologist, the caregiver support, um, chatting with other folks who are going through their own situation, any other resources that you could recommend? So, so you've educated yourself. Anything for for someone first di- first diagnosed or, or just experiencing this in the early days? What um, you've been on this incredible journey. So, yeah. anything you could share? Well, um, you know, one thing I, that that because I'm sort of the red phone for people, they know that. Don't call me and ask me if you can give my number to someone who's just experienced this with their child. Give my number. Don't ask because it's time wasted. Two things. Like, first thing I tell people when they first hear a diagnosis is it's going to be okay. I don't know what version of okay that's going to be, but they need to hear that as a patient, as a caregiver, as a, um, you know, again, a friend even. You just need to know, I know it seems like you're the only one going through this. I know it seems you're alone in this, but you're going, these, we have resources in the epilepsy community, you know, whether it be therapies or anything that are advancing so quickly and they are working and don't settle when you, you know, people, they come to me and they go, well, my daughter is only having four seizures a month. And I'm like, that's not okay. Keep running. It's exhausting. I know it's exhausting because we've gone through it. It's exhausting to tell your story over and over again. But everyone in this community from, you know, uh, um, nurses to doctors to scientists, to everyone, all they want is for you or your loved one to get your seizures under control. So don't worry about sharing information, trying new things. If you hear something on uh, you know, the internet, or you hear, hear something on the news or whatever, ask your doctor, talk about it with your physician, bring these things up and say, Hey, I've heard about this. Can this work? What's does this apply to me? Don't be afraid because collaboration is, and again, that's talking about it. Collaboration is the best thing you can do in, in, uh, in your own advocacy for your self-care. You mentioned stigma earlier, and why do you think that there is such a stigma with respect to epilepsy compared to other conditions such as diabetes or what have you? And that's and that still exists. I'm just well, I think the stigma associated with epilepsy and seizures is it's an obvious one because when you see someone have a seizure, it is frightening. If you have never seen it before and someone has a full tonoclonic seizure. They're on the ground. They're shaking. If you don't know, you you think they might die. And seizures can kill. We, you know, it, it, this is not um, something that to be taken lightly. But at the same time, if you know what to do, you can save someone's life. If you just see the early warning signs, if someone is staring and they're not responding or they repeat themselves, or this is the brain. So it can take any different form. And if you're if you're with somebody that you know or you don't know and they exhibit some behavior like that, go up to them and just put your hand on their back. Like just be there for them in case they lose their balance and they're about to fall. Because again, the trauma of hitting your head or whatever, that's where the most damage can be. Um, but that's where the stigma lies is in the in in seeing someone, I think, have a seizure and all the old wives tales about this can be contagious or going way back. It's like they were possessed. You know, the term grand mall it, it it directly translates to the big bad, grand being big and 
Maul being bad. So it's like the big bad, the big evil. It, we, we don't use that term anymore and we discourage people to use it. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's, that's where it stems from. It was, and it's just ignorance and not ignorance in a, in a, you know, I'm not pointing fingers and going, you're ignorant. I'm saying, you know, ignorance in the fact that they just have, people haven't educated themselves and I don't blame them again at the beginning of our journey. We didn't know anything about this, but like on the caregiver series, I'm learning all these little things and, and we're sharing and commiserating. The other thing to know is that there are three plus million people in the United States alone that are dealing with this. So you add their friends, family, and it ripples out to tens of millions of people that are affected by this or no people that are affected by this. So I guarantee if someone is reading this or listening to this right now, they have someone in their life that has epilepsy who may not have been talking about it. Someone at a coworker, someone at the office, someone at, at you know, where they hang out with a sports team or whatever. So, you know, I encourage people to talk about, it, especially during Epilepsy Awareness Month, it's November, just discuss at the dinner table or with friends, ask somebody, do you know what to do in case you see someone have a seizure? We should know in the same way that we know how to do CPR. We know with a Heimlich, you know, these are very basic things and they affect so many people. So we should definitely know what to do in case someone has a seizure. Please go to talkaboutit.org. Go to the caregiverseries.com. Just learn. You mentioned the uh, podcast, Talk About It. And part of the mission of that is to educate people about what to expect. Uh, don't be afraid. Don't have any stigma. Anything else that you've learned from, from having the podcast out there for so long? Um, well, you know, I was on a show called Heroes. Uh, I am anything but a hero when it comes to the people in this community, man. I'm telling you, that's the one thing that I have learned more than anything else, whether it's having a caregiver on. Like right now, we have an episode uh, highlighting uh, the Thompson family and their journey with their son, Bryson, who they started. It's hard enough raising a child who's healthy. Now you add, you know, a condition like epilepsy on top of it. And then on top of that, they still want to reach out and help people in the community. I'm doing it too, but, but they're in the thick of it. Bryson is not controlled and they have a they have an organization called Helmets for Helmets. And they're providing helmets for kids that can't afford it, that might be in the same condition as their son. You know, uh, it's just incredible. Aristotle, the father, is a coach at Cal football so he's reached out to all these professional football players and college football players, and they sign helmets, they sell them, they raise money, they buy helmets. It's just incredible. I'm so inspired by everyone in this community. So it's a pleasure for me to like have anybody on that's in the neurology space, that's um, a patient, a caregiver, a doctor, anything. Um, it, it really gives me hope. I get so much more out of it. And I talk about this all the time. People thank me. They're like, thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm getting so much more out of this, I think, than others. It's a pleasure. It's an honor for me to do it. And, and I'm really having a good time, especially with the Caregiver Series. Someone, uh, what, what advice would you give to a family of someone who's just died, uh, back to diagnosed again? So, so, so you mentioned listening to your podcast, seeking out specialty, specialty care, checking out the Caregiver Series other resources that are available, the Epilepsy Foundation, for example, anything yeah. else, and, you know, to, to not give up hope, to keep trying. You mentioned all of these powerful kind of messages, anything that, that I'm missing out here. I would just add, 
pay attention to everything that's happening with your child or your spouse or your partner or whatever. Look at what happened right before. Did they have a lack of sleep? Were they fatigued? Were they uh, stressed out? Um, was there, did their diet change? Did they do drugs? Did they drink alcohol in combination with something? Whatever, just be hyper aware and jot things down, make notes. Um, if a seizure happens, time it, try to, it's very hard, but try to take notes on that seizure. What time of day it happened, how long it lasted, what may have led up to it, how the person was coming out of it, because that'll dictate to an epileptologist how deep the seizure is. Did, could they hear you? Don't yell at them while they're having a seizure. But one of the tricks that we learned early on is while Jake was having a seizure, uh, Jake's epileptologist would say, Mickey Mouse, Jake, Mickey Mouse. He would say that over and over again. Then when Jake came out of the seizure, he said, what did I say, Jake? And half, half the time, Jake would say, I, I don't know. But there were other times when he said, you kept saying Mickey Mouse, you kept saying Mickey Mouse. And that tells the neurologist just how deep the seizure is going. There's all these things that I've learned over the years, but it's just being hyper aware. It's very, very difficult to think of these things while it's happening because it's very traumatic and scary. But just know that, again, everything's going to be okay. And you're doing a great, great job, whether you're a patient or a caregiver, you're doing the best you can. Don't look behind you. Don't say, oh, he had a seizure and I wasn't there. and I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Don't beat yourself up. We've all been there. Move forward. Always move forward. Move forward. Do better. Move forward. You're doing a great job. That's a really important message that you're mentioning about the role that the caregiver is not just a bystander uh, witnessing something, but can play a vital role in documenting and providing an accurate assessment of what is happening when the person is going through a seizure or experiencing some of the triggers as, as well. So it's a really vital role that the caregiver can and family and, member can provide. So. Yes. And you just articulated it better than I did, but you're hundred percent right. Because as a neurologist, imagine you're a doctor and your patient comes in, you, you've seen a hundred patients that week or, you know, whatever, 20 patients that day, 50 patients. So it's important to come in and not waste anybody's time. Just get right to it and say, we noticed a seizure. You know, have you noticed seizure activity? Yes, it happened last Thursday. We had a big night out. They didn't get a lot of sleep. You know, all these things really help because um, you're a part of the team. You're just as much a part of the team, especially with epilepsy, as the physicians and the, the nurse practitioners are. It's, it's really important. Also, a shout out to the neurologists and the nurse practitioners. They especially now with the advent of all these apps where you can communicate, send a text directly to the physician and hear back. Those are not billable hours. These people are saints. They are heroes. They care so much. And imagine the amount of attention that they are getting and, and they're requested for their time. Because as parents, as caregivers, we freak out. We want to talk to somebody who's going to say, oh, here's the answer. Don't worry. And they do it. <laughs> I've never in all of these years, I've never had an experience where I go, they never got back to me and what, blah, blah, blah. I I've never had that. And it's not been me because I'm some actor on a TV show or film. It's they do this for everyone and they really need to be recognized for it. 
Thank you for mentioning that. And so time travel, as you know, very popular concept in in entertainment. So I want yeah. you to, uh, my first question of the last two questions, I want you to go back a wee bit and just compare and contrast, you know, from Jake's first uh, diagnosis and the experience back then and today, what has changed? What is what is better? What is worse? If, if you don't mind, so I know it's a uh, odd question. Yeah, no, it's a great question because, as I mentioned, things are moving so quickly in a positive way in our world, in our community, as far as treatments and uh, the way that we, as caregivers and as patients, can take more control over what we're doing. We're learning so much more. I think back then, um, we were just terrified. We knew nothing. So there were, you know, it's it's the great unknown, right? And um, we didn't realize that we could affect so much of what's happening with Jake. Uh, today, Jake is so aware of his diet. He cuts carbs out completely. He, he exercises. He eats right. He's an inspiration to the rest of us in the family. I battle my weight my whole life. And I just have to look at my son and go, oh, okay. So the carbs I should be getting are from salad. <laughs> you know, he's he he just consumes salads and vegetable fruits and vegetables and the right types of vegetables. He has berries and this and that. He's just so he's learned. Educate yourself. Take control. That's the other thing. Seizures are something that we cannot control, right? So we're it's terrifying. It's like knowing. In California here, that there's an earthquake that could happen at any time. We know it's going to happen. We just don't know where and how big and whatever. Seizures are the same thing. It's going to happen. We're just trying to keep it at bay. We're trying to control it until we find a cure. So there are things, though, that you can do to mitigate it and, and put the odds in your favor that it won't happen. And those things are just being aware of your, of your situation and staying healthy and doing the right things. It's not hard to do. Um, Jake goes to a party. And he holds a beer. He'll buy a beer, pour half of it out, and hold it. He doesn't have to have a red light above his head that says, I don't drink alcohol because I'm I on I wish medication. I could do that myself. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, he wants to be a part of the crowd. Great. There's nothing ashamed, nothing shameful about that. Pour it out. Now hold it. Hold it. Fake a sip. Whatever you want to do. It, 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 these are tricks that you don't have to, you know, scream, I have epilepsy. But don't be afraid to talk about it. There's a right time, a wrong time. It's all up to you. That's an individual preference. Do you mention it on the first date? Do you talk about it at work right away when you're on a job interview? All of these things we address on the podcast and also I learn on the caregiverseries.com. It's like, these are things that, that you learn from other people and you say, oh, well, we did this way. And then they say, oh, you know what? It's interesting. We found it could have been better this way. So I, I think we've come a long way in... I mean, treatment options and everything, and also in in how open and hopefully I've been a part of that in how open and and uh, and you know not afraid to talk about it that we are um, in the in the years going back you know using that time machine it's a very different time now. It's excellent that you mentioned all those factors, especially what individuals can do in terms of their lifestyle to control things. It's not just about taking a medication Absolutely. or a certain type of therapy. You have control over certain factors, whether it's a strategy of pouring out a beer. That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. And by the way, naps are good. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's put that in all caps. Naps are good, not too long, 
but a nap in the middle of the day where it's, it's healthy for all of us. But if you have epilepsy, medications can make you tired. You're, you're, you may not have had a great night's sleep because you had a seizure in your sleep. You didn't even realize it. So catching up on a little bit of, you know, a 15, 20 minute nap during the day is so beneficial. It's great for my, I mean, this is all from personal experience. You know, Jake, he, he's just very aware of his, uh, of his body and his situation. And, um, and he does everything he can. It's not perfect, but it does help. Excellent. We're going to jump into the future. And so you mentioned lots of the innovations in terms of tech. Uh, so some of the wearables and some of the technology, the medications, yeah. lifestyle, so much more is known about it. What would, what would, if, you know, if you had three wishes, what would you hope that that could happen in the field of epilepsy? Well, obviously the, the, the word cure is something that I dream about. I hope that Jake you know, for our son, I hope that Jake, for the majority of his life, he's 27, but the majority of his life is spent not having to deal with epilepsy. That's the future that I hope for him. I hope complete total independence, um, you know, which anybody with epilepsy, the word independence is something that we all, uh, it, I tear up when I think about it because he's so capable. He's a perfectly normal person, you know, and um, that word normal, obviously, changes and whatever but he just is but but he always knows that when he goes to the bathroom he can't lock the door when he takes a shower um he's he tries to sing in the shower you know so that we can hear him in there so that when if he stops singing i'm the first one to go jake you okay you know it's like you never know because the shower is a dangerous place if you slip and fall and have a seizure you know i just want him to have to not worry about that anymore. And obviously us as well as caregivers, but the future, I, I just hope that everyone can be seizure free and, and we can find a cure. Now, having said that, there are so many different things that can cause seizures and epilepsy. I don't know if one thing is going to be a cure, but we are certainly getting closer um, to, to finding that, that one thing. And I, I just, again, would not encourage, would encourage people to not have any reservations or stigma associated with asking your doctor about something that you've heard, whether it's a, a nap or a therapy or a this or that, just if you hear about it and you think it might help you ask them about it, don't be afraid, you know, because they may not have heard of it. They're very busy people. Um, you know, and, but don't take any, don't take things into your own hands. Don't go and try some gummies because you think they're going to help. Don't do that. That's, that is the worst thing you can do. Um, don't try medication because somebody says, this works for me. Do not do that. Talk to your epileptologist. Talk to your neurologist. They know what's best for you. Wow. Well, you are an inspiration and uh, your passion for this topic is, is very infectious. And oh, thank you. I can't for get it. I can't get the word out without help from yeah, people like you. So the educational value of what you're doing is so powerful. And it, it is kind of interesting how CPR or CCR as it, CC as it's now known, um, uh, so, so popularized, whereas you're, you're completely correct that not enough is known about what to do. I was on a plane one time and someone was having a seizure. No one knows what to do. It's, yeah. it's completely different. So I, and like you just said, it's very common sense, very simple. <laughs> we need to know it's not, a, it's not, you don't have to be a doctor. If anything, you just have to think, wait, if that was me, I wouldn't want my head slamming against the ground, put something soft under his head, 
put something soft under her head. Make sure that she doesn't fall. You know, it's very, very simple, but don't be afraid. Go educate yourself. Go to your, you know, go to the National Epilepsy website. Go to talkaboutit.org. Watch a couple episodes of the Caregiver series. Do, do Just educate yourself. Listening to my podcast, we talk about it all the time. Any last thoughts? I just encourage people to talk about it. I know I've said that over and over again, but it is Epilepsy Awareness Month. So educate yourself, go to the, the links that, you know, I've, I've mentioned. Um, and, but more importantly, talk about it with your friends and family, because the more we uh, talk about it, the less scared we'll be and more prepared we'll be to help people in case they have a seizure. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time today. It's a pleasure meeting you. You're, you're, you're awesome. You oh, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you to Greg Grunberg for sharing his knowledge and story with our listeners in this episode of Amplifying the Patient Journey. And thanks to you, our listeners. Be sure to visit practicalneurology.com for more podcasts in the neurology field.